Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Power Alliance podcast. Today, we have something very special that we have not done yet in almost a year. Actually, by the time this airs, it'll be a year of podcasting. We have our inaugural man on the podcast. Let me introduce Donovan Brooks. He's a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor for Storyline Financial Planning, a financial advising firm that he founded to serve Christians by providing financial advice through a biblical worldview. He also hosts the Building Stewards podcast, where he talks about faith and finance. Ultimately, Donovan's desires to see Christians step into their calling and to become better stewards of their resources and have a larger kingdom impact. Outside of finance, Donovan spends his time with his wife and two kids. He also enjoys reading, connecting with friends, and endurance training, and of course, talking because we're podcasters. Welcome to the podcast, Donovan. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm, I'm super excited. Well, I have to just tell you, so I was telling the the other girls on my team, you know, um, we have had only women guests all on every podcast. And so when I saw your your name on my schedule to call, I was like, oh, that's interesting because I mean, you know, there's a lot of like androgynous names. You never know. And I saw Donovan. I was like, well, I've never really na- met a woman named Donovan, but okay. And so I called <laughs> you and, you know, you, clearly you are a male. And I was like, oh, wow. I, I just have to say the fact that you actually even approached Girl Power Alliance, I was like, I don't even care what he's doing. He's in because he had the courage to actually step up and say, hey, I, I think I like what you're doing and I'd like to be a part of it. So first of all, just thank you for being so bold. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there was a lot that, that went through my mind as I reached out. Obviously, uh, I'm behind everything that you're doing uh, and that spurred me on. But there was a thought, I wonder if I'm the only male that's actually reached out. Uh, but I just kind of stepped out in faith and, and kind of had a little courage. And I was like, well, the worst I can get told is no. And that is fine. But I have a message that I believe in and want to share. And I thought that uh, I could provide some value to you and your audience. I'm stoked. Um, You absolutely have a message that more believers need to hear, more women need to hear. And matter of fact, it's funny that we're talking about, I'm talking to you today because here's the books that are right next to me right now for what I'm working on. Um, Of course, uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I don't know if you have read this, Donovan, but Poverty, Riches, and Wealth by Chris Vallotton. You'll love it. I have not you'll, read it. I've heard of it. Um, so I'll have to add it. You'll to my love list. it. You'll absolutely love it. And then you're a badass at making money, not completely aligned, but still some fun stuff in there. Right, right. Um, and uh, I, anybody that has followed me for any period of time, even before GPA, when I was doing the Sold at Entrepreneur podcast, I think talking to Christians about finances is like of the utmost importance. You know, the Bible speaks of money eight, over 800 times. <laughs> So right, it's right. clearly a subject that we need to talk about. Um, like you and I were talking when we when we met a couple of weeks ago on the phone. Um, I think especially women, they don't like to talk about money and finances like at all. They're super uncomfortable with it. We're kind of taught in church 
maybe it's rude to talk about it or I don't even know. So I would love to just kind of hear a little bit of your background. So were you always in like finance specifically for Christians or how did that kind of play out? Yeah, great. Great. Thanks for asking that. Um, so when I got in the industry, it wasn't, that wasn't the track that I was on. It was really just getting into the financial services industry, learning the ropes, cutting my teeth. Um, and for, for all intents and purposes, it was, you lived kind of the secular worldview you did, you fell in line with kind of what the world said to do. And there was kind of this formula of this is how everything's been done in the past. If you want to uh, succeed or work your way up the ladder, this is the route that you need to go. Uh, and so when I started my firm back in 2016, I decided I wanted to do things a little differently uh, and more so serve probably an underserved population, um, more so younger individuals, individuals that really hadn't had access to quality financial advice for one reason or another. Uh, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago when I went through my certified kingdom advisor training and education, really until then, I, I wasn't convicted. But when I went through that, it was very convicting. And the Holy Spirit put in my heart to really serve Christians because there is so much um, wisdom that we've lost when it comes to managing our personal finances and money in general, that we're just kind of defaulting to what the world says. So if you don't stake your claim and how you're going to manage your personal finances based on scripture, then you're going to be told by the world how to do that. Mm. Um, yes. Thank you for joining the podcast. That's all we have to, I mean, that is like, that's everything. <laughs> and I agree so, so wholeheartedly with you. And we have, there are a couple of things that are like emerging in the, you know, faith-based Faith. You have um, Dave Ramsey, a very popular, uh, you know, kind of platform and training system for finances. And so you have a couple of them and you have even less, if any, women. And so what I was telling Donovan was, um, Donovan, I'm going to pause us for a second. I have to switch to a different Wi-Fi because I can see that my Wi-Fi is, is, cut, is stopping you. So hold on for one second. I'm going to freeze for a minute, but I'll be back. That's fine. Okay. Am I back? Yep. You're back. Okay. Sorry. I, no I forgot to do that before we started. Um, one of the things that when I started Girl Power Alliance, I, I really knew that I wanted to be heavy in the talking about stewarding your finances. And I, I have looked for a really long time for women that were in that space. And I've had a couple of near misses where women were like, yeah, I'll do it. And then it never panned out. And, but it's been very, very difficult to find women specifically in, in the lane that you're in. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. It's, it's discouraging and it's disheartening because I think when we were talking women in general in the financial services industry and, and specifically financial advising make up such a small percentage of total advisors. Um, and we need women. We need women for their perspectives, uh, for their uniqueness, for how they can relate. Obviously, we're all created very differently by God. We all have different gifts. And there's certain ways that God has created women that men don't possess. And we need those things within uh, and we need those women within the financial services industry. So then when you take that small subsection and then you even carve out the smaller pie of those women that are also uh, pursuing giving biblical wisdom uh, through personal finance and, and advising, it, it, it dwindles down even further. So um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm discouraged and I, I have hope for the future because it's, it's slowly growing. But if you're a listener and you know, this is something that interests you, um, I would love to connect and stoke that fire and help set you up well to go down that path. Because like Michelle said, it is needed so much. You are needed. We need women in the financial services industry and we need women that are incorporating biblical wisdom into financial advising. So Donovan, do you offer a, a training? I don't have any training. I, I'm more of just off the cuff, like, how can I support you? What resources? This is what I went through. This is maybe somewhere where you can start. Um, I, I'm a I'm a bridge builder. I like to connect people. So if anything, um, just meeting with me, I might be able to point you in the direction of contacts that I know. Uh, just because the longer I'm in this industry, the more uh, relationships uh, I, I have and, and connect with. So uh, that's, that's really, I don't have any formal training to get people going. I would uh, just you know, get behind someone and support them in any way I could. Well, let me plant a seed that maybe that's something in your future that you should be doing specifically helping to train up new women in, you know, in this space, because it's so needed. Um, I, I have, I've, I've almost, I've almost pulled the trigger on a number of different trainings to be considered like a coach, but like biblical financial coach. I just, I never, who has the, I don't have the time to do it with all the other things that I'm doing but that's how strongly I believe in it. And in the, the, the course that I'm teaching right now called Radiant Leadership, we're going to spend four straight weeks, four straight weeks talking about finances, creating wealth, what the Bible says about it, kind of the whole mindset behind it. Um, I would love for you to, anybody that's listening, can you talk about some of the, the main things that you hear when you begin with a new client? Uh, let's let's start with mindset. What are some of the like mindset blocks that you are hearing with uh with believers when they come to you and they're like, help, my finances are messed up? Right, right. That's a great question. So the the very first thing I tend to come across is one of the reasons people reach out in the first place. And it's also the same reason why people don't reach out. And it's this idea of shame. And shame is very mm -hmm. powerful. Um, all of us have probably carried our fair share of shame in an different areas of our life. But what we know about shame is shame is a lie that the enemy uses to make this big wall around ourselves, to isolate us, to prevent us from accepting, fully accepting the grace of Jesus Christ. Um, and it's debilitating, right? And oftentimes that's what keeps people from reaching out of the first place. There's no way I can get out of this hole. There's no way I can improve my personal finances. I'm just too far gone. Um, uh, is a lot of the, the roadblocks that people, um, the reason why they don't reach out and there's a lot of judgment tied up in shame, right? Those two are very big. They're, they're connected in a lot of deep ways. And so the fear that you're letting someone in and see the inner workings of your life, that it's pretty telling to, um, what's going on. You know, we can hide just about every, I mean, we can hide uh, a lot of things and, and, and personal finances tend to be one of them. So when people come to me, it's, it's a lot of like, you know, I welcome them in with this, this theme of grace, like that is the gospel is grace. And so we got to get to a point where yes, shame is a part of your past, but this is where, you know, we surrender it to, to Jesus and we allow that grace to start transforming us and, you know, our hearts, because it is a transforming process. It's like a little part of our heart that hasn't, um, we haven't fully surrendered to God. So I, I always like to say it's a balance of grace and truth. There's grace that is going to cover, you know, all our shortcomings, but the truth comes in, like, we are going to be held accountable. There are places that we need to be held accountable within our personal finances. So we need to be mindful of that. So I, it's a, it's a constant balance of, of grace and truth when I work with clients. 
I feel this again, just my opinion, but I feel that in order to really walk out your purpose here on earth, and we all have assignments, we all have a specific purpose. If so many people ignore that, that financial piece, and I don't mean P-E-A-C-E, I mean P-I-E, the piece of your life. You're right. It's, it's, I think it's the last place people surrender what they could Surrender it all to God. But then when it comes to writing that check or, or talking about finances or really getting honest about that or really like saying, okay, this is where I'm at and this is where I want to go and this is where I need to be. I feel that it's the final piece, which is why in this whole 16 week, it's it's a leadership, it's training up new leaders. And out of 16 weeks, I'm spending four on this piece because I believe that if you can, and, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this and how you work with clients because my opinion on it is if you can learn to fully surrender that part of your life over to God, every other part is easier to surrender because money impacts everything we do every day, all day. Um, there's such bad mismanagement of the mindset of money, bad mismanagement of money and, and the tool that it was designed to be to really impact the kingdom. And I mean, there's just so much wrapped up in it. Right. Absolutely. I love, I love that you mentioned that because money is a tool. It's, it's amoral, right? It's neither good nor yes. bad. It's a tool to be used to build, to cultivate, but we just like everything else, take things in and manipulate them and um, kind of create unhealthy things just like with everything else. So um, I agree. I agree. It's, it's so hard. I think we talked about this. Money is a tool that allows us to serve ourselves and other idols. Um, and so I always kind of coined it as kind of a gateway idol, um, you know, whether it's comfort, it gets us comfort, it gets us power. Yep. Um, we can overindulge in a lot of ways, right? Um, and so we need to keep it in the perspective. It's a tool. We are stewards. Everything that's been given to us uh, is to be managed, right? Um, God created everything at the beginning, um, and we are just stewards. So that's kind of one of the first things uh, when we kind of go down this mindset path is like, you have to acknowledge, are you a steward or are you not? And as a Christian, that's pretty black and white. It's like, we are stewards. So from there, it's like, okay, if we are stewards, then we are managing. Um, and there's a lot of content in the scripture about um, the management of resources and parables and even like the shrewd, um, you know, business manager in, in scripture. So there's a lot of like very vivid language of, of just managing in an honorable way. It's really interesting because you know, for the bulk of my career as an entrepreneur, and I don't know if we talked about this when we talked on the phone, but for the bulk of my career, I was, you know, taught either overtly or covertly, you never talk about religion or politics in your business. And, and the funny, and I did for the bulk of it, it's only been in the last couple of years that I've been as bold as I am now. And, and the funny thing is the Bible is literally full of, um, Strategy, <laughs> strategy in life, strategy in business, how to handle money, how to create money. And, and, the, and the issue is, you know, people twist. I'm going to talk about this one verse because I know you hear it and it's probably part of what you teach people. But, you know, the one verse, uh, I think it's in Matthew. I, I'd have to look it up. But, you know, that money is the root of all evil. And it's not that's not the actual verse. The, the verse is the love of money is the root of all evil. And um, the funny thing is we twist it up so bad. I've had conversations with people in my own family, very close to me that say, I just, I hate talking about money. Money is so evil. It's like, 
like you said, money is not evil. It has no emotion attached to it. It's just a thing. We've attached all this stuff to it because, you know, of our misunderstanding, really, in my opinion of it. Right. Yeah. You're exact. You're exactly right. And when we list, we make a short list of the things that we love, um, you know, obviously God should be at the top of that and everything going down should be prior. You know, we should prioritize that uh, according to, you know, what we love and, and its proper place. But oftentimes, like you said, the, the love for money kind of creeps up. And when it, when, when it starts to, uh, cr- you know, crop above like people and God, like that's when we start to see like, you know, there's bad things happening. Well, and I don't think people do it on purpose. It's, it's weird how it happens. It like creeps in because, and I have found that people that have success, it is much easier for them to like success actually will hide cracks. You have an abundance of money. And so you, you don't kind of see the problems. And then if the money goes away or money is not as abundant, then you're like, wow, look at all these problems. They were always there, but they were very much hidden because you had an abundance of money. It happens in businesses. Like success is the biggest band-aid you could ever have because then all these underlying foundational things that needed to be fixed, you don't even notice them until the, you know, the crap hits a fan. You're not making as much money anymore. But the same happens in people's personal lives. So maybe they weren't managing their money. They weren't monitoring their accounts. They weren't investing. They weren't doing these things. And they weren't thinking about it because they had a bunch of money coming in pretty consistently. But then if that slows down or changes, then you're like, oh no. <laughs> and so I think that it's an interesting dynamic, the the balance between being an entrepreneur. I'll I'm an entrepreneur. I'm ambitious. I am motivated by creating and generating wealth and, and not allowing that to be at the forefront. And people don't do it on purpose. They think, oh, I totally like God is at the top of the list. They don't realize that money is at the top of the list because it's a Lordship thing. Like if you, I've lost, I've had plenty of money and I've lost it more than once where literally like I didn't have any. And so it's in those, I'm so grateful that I had those moments because that really will put your, where you, where your Lordship over money and God is into really, really quick into perspective. Right. That, that is spot on. And, and the thing about stewardship, it can't be faked. Right. And we might be deceiving ourselves, but when you step back and look at the paper trail, you look at the evidence where our time and money goes is going to pretty much lay out what's most important to us. You can't, there's no way around it. And so when you look at, when you're trying to evaluate what you value most in your life, look at how you spend your money and how you spend your time. Like those are two finite resources. And when it comes to the money, like look at, you know, your, your accounting software, your budgeting, your, however you track your, your bank statements, it'll reveal a lot more than you think it will. Um, and in regards to like, you were talking about, we don't, set out to do these things. It, it slowly just life happens. Uh, I, I think often of the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Um, if anyone's ever read that, uh, it's so true, but also frightening at the same moment because you start to read these words and apply them to your life. But in there, you know, he talked, it talks about like kind of the demon. One of the best tools they have is just to distract people, mm-hmm. uh, give them good things. So they don't have the great things. And when I say great things, everything from God. And, and so that's really frightening because, um, these things don't just happen overnight. We would be able to notice those things and do something about it. This is a slow change that oftentimes people go through. Um, the success of business doesn't happen overnight. It's months, years, um, maybe even decades. And, you know, it, when you think about putting a, you know, the, the anecdote of like putting a, a frog in a pot of boiling water, 
you do it immediately, it's going to jump out. But if you put it in and slowly turn it up, that's when it's in danger. And that's, that's what I was thinking of when you were talking about that. So true. It's such a, it's just an interesting thing. And I mean, speaking of distraction, I mean, we live in a world even more like the last 12 months, the world has been more distracted maybe than ever before. And it seems like I look at it, I can, I can somehow God has given me the ability to kind of step outside just, just enough that I'm like, it seems like it's so obvious to me. This is such a ploy by the enemy. Of course there's stuff going on. There's always stuff going on, but it's like so obvious now. And so for me, it has caused me to dig in even harder and want to go be more bold and help more people and, and do what I can to like, wake up. <laughs> let's, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. And as much as we can push out the distraction and, you know, push, push forward the agenda that, that God has always had at the forefront, which is grace, mercy, love, you know what I mean? And continuing the, those things like first and foremost. Right. Yeah. It is, it is interesting times. I've never seen more division among oh. um, people in their neighbor and the enemies using that to divide and conquer. And yep. I think as as Christians, like you said, we need to dig down deep and we need to cling and be even more dependent. Like hopefully this has been a point that's driving us uh, more to being reliant on, on God and what the scripture says, but we need to be grace and love. We need to lead with grace and love um, more than anything. But, but even like, as we creep into finances, um, it, it, like you said, it's, it's, it's taboo to talk about within the church. It's often divisive because even when someone brings it up, they automatically get defensive. Yep. And they think there's judgment involved. And, and then also you start to get into like the comparison game. People start feeling like, Oh, I didn't, you know, you're doing this, like comparing it to their self. And like, you know, we know that comparison is the thief, you know, of joy, but yeah, it is, it is interesting times that we live in. But I, I love that you have kind of the gift of discernment to step out and just see some of these working parts um, that are that are happening in this narrative in this point of eternity um, and just clinging to what we know to be true. Well, I mean, I have moments of it. I mean, I'm caught up in it, too, because it's polar. The world is polarized by a number of subjects. And it's hard, you know, to be in the world. And you're an entrepreneur. I mean, it's hard to you have to be in the world to to activate change. So it's a delicate balance of staying in and then popping out thing and popping out. But I would love for you, like, so tell me what it, so what do you do with your clients? You work one-on-one. I would, I would imagine that's probably the only way that, well, there's probably other ways, but really what you're doing, you have to work one-on-one with people because they feel so, I don't know, protective over their information. There's all of that, you know, that's their shame. They're embarrassed. They want to be private. We don't tell the neighbor what we're doing with our money. So Talk about what it is that you personally do with people and and how you serve them. Yeah, yeah, great question. So I do work one-on-one with individuals and families and really kind of starts with taking in all the information and doing the diagnostic of where they are. And and from that point, that's when I get to really kind of say, this is where you're at. Um, This is where we want to be because we talk about kind of the goals and what um, God has put on their heart. Um, just so we know we're going in the right direction. And from that point, we I, I get to start infusing kind of the biblical approach to how we're going to handle um, cash flow, how we're going to handle, you know, debt elimination. And this is why we're going to do it this way. So yes, most of the time I'm, I'm working one-on-one with individuals and families. Um, really, that's really the only way I think, you know, those types of relationships uh, will work. The only other way 
is in a group setting with, you know, like FPU and those types of things, but you lose a lot of the personal attention, the customization, um, you lose a lot of the accountability. Yeah. And I would say all of it. Exactly. Exactly. Which, you know, I'm a fan of those, you know, classes, like if that's the first step someone's taking out, yeah. it's, it's a low pressure environment. It gets them going. At least um, awareness. Exactly. The awareness from there. But from there, oftentimes people will reach out to an individual to walk beside them and guide them on their journey. And how long does, is it like an ongoing relationship or do you work with people for like, I don't know, six months or how, what does that like look like? So I, I keep it pretty, I don't do contract links. I don't set any expectations. If people want to go through kind of the initial financial plan, which is kind of the diagnostic to kind of see where they're at, what they need to do to get to where they need to be, where they want to be. Um, I'll, I'll do that kind of one-time project from there. They can decide to implement it on their own. If they're more of kind of a do-it-yourselfer or a lot of times people will continue to work with me and we'll implement that and we'll meet twice a year and, as needed to make sure we're kind of staying on track because it's like flying an airplane. Uh, you can make the plan. Um, you can start the airplane in one direction, but you're going to need a lot of course corrections to stay going in the right direction, or you could end up deviating quite a bit. Oh, I mean, I feel like it's a, it's like a lifelong relationship. So I have a question for you. Do you work with more men or women and, or couples? And I'm just curious as to who, who's coming to you. Right. I would say most of the demographic of my clients are couples. Yeah. And when, okay. in, in working with couples, is it, are they equal in their participation? Um, I would like to say eventually we get to a place where they're equal in participation. What I see more so is just the differences in how they grew up with money and what they have come to know about money. So getting them on the same page, getting them equally yoked, quote unquote, um, is, is a huge part of that process. So that's interesting. Um, I just, you know, growing up as a, as a Christian, you're, especially as a woman, you know, there's a lot, well, I don't think it's as much as it, as, as much now as it was in the past, but for me, I'm 47 and a half, almost 48 growing up in the church. There was very much like, you know, the man is ahead of the household and he's the one responsible for all that stuff. And really like, you're, you're just a, spectator in the financial part, like that's his and his thing. I feel that more and more that is changing because women are working. Um, a lot of times women can even be the primary income earner in a family. And so that changes the dynamic. And one of the things that I have seen, and tell me if you've experienced this in your practice, I've seen that as um, in relationships, when the woman is the primary income earner, that can turn a relationship totally topsy-turvy because there's all these feelings uh, from from the well, on both parts. Like you have the man who maybe feels emasculated by the fact that the woman is making more. And then you have the woman that feels almost overly empowered. Like I'm making the money, I'm making the decisions. And the whole like balance of the relationship gets super out of whack. Have you kind of experienced that? Yeah, I haven't experienced that with any clients, but I've been more aware of it because I see it happening more and more, especially as a lot of women are becoming more so entrepreneurs and working up to executive levels within corporations that you're exactly right. It puts men into this weird place of being emasculated um, and the, you know, the balance, there's some sort of imbalance. And so I think a lot of that stems from what as, we as a culture is set as a norm and yeah. that 
and 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 so that's that's one piece of it too. Uh, the communication, um, obviously, there's been a breakdown of communication, but no matter where we're at, you know, looking at couples, um, the decision making process needs to be. Um, we need to approach that as equals. Um, both parties have a say into the decision making, um, and I think that first and foremost needs to be the core theme within couples. And then it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't matter what happens um, outside of that. I won't say it's not going to be hard. Um, maybe we need to check our hearts, and yeah. we need to have a dose of humility and really ask why. Why is this upsetting, or why are we? going on this power trip or what is causing this? Because that's going to be more revealing about maybe some repentance we need in our life. Oh, 110%. And really that is like a, that is like a magnifying glass on Lordship. Like if you feel that you have more authority in your relationship, because you actually bring home more on a paycheck, the Lordship is not on God. It is on that paycheck and that, that income. And it's a super, super revealing. It's just an interesting dynamic because you could have this amazing relationship, but then they literally, they either like, they don't talk about the financial part at all. And there could be so much just um, chaos, confusion, arguments about money when every other area is great, but that one is the sticking point. And it's like one of the most important weapons. If it's not in a relationship, it, I mean, other than outside of keeping God at the center of your marriage, where you're at in your belief system and your, how you want to handle money, it's got to be like, right below that, I think. Right. That is so true. And, and as we were talking, you're, you're giving me ideas for, for content. So I'll have to make some content around some of this stuff, but you're exactly right about the Lordship. Um, and even as I think of, you know, that, those, those tensions, those, that conflict really, like if you're not bought into God owns it all, like those things are going to happen. Yep. Um, and, and so that kind of brings me back to, you know, if, if we really believe and we surrender the fact to the fact that God owns it all, you know, it shouldn't matter who makes what, like yep. you are in it together when you got, you know, married or you're together, you're like, you're, you're two working as, as a stronger one. So, um, yeah, that, that's just something that I, I was thinking about as you said that, cause it, it, oh, it just so perfectly, it speaks to identity and how we wrap our identity around what we earn and why people get it messed up because they feel like, they're no, they're not worthy because they don't make as much, which is totally out of alignment from the kingdom. I mean, it's, it's a big, we, we could do a, like a whole series of podcasts just on that alone. Yes. Yes. It, it is definitely the more I'm in this, the more I'm in this industry and the longer I do what I do, the more I see how much this is tied up into behavior, identity, um, and deeper, deeper issues than just money. Because again, we go back, like money's just a tool. Uh, we get to see the effects and the evidence, but really like what I get to do is I get to kind of pull that thread um, and see kind of where it goes and start to ask some tough questions of, you know, why? And um, it, it, it's humbling, it's hard, but there's probably some pain and suffering, you know, in that process, but those are all good, right? We can't bear the cross and not have uh, some pain and suffering. Like they're just, those narratives don't, match up to what the gospel um, and what scripture has said. So expect to go through some pain and suffering, but I promise you, um, if you let the spirit do its work, like you're going to be refined, you're going to be honoring God through what you do. Well, okay. So we've kind of gone all over the place, but I want to go back to something you said at the beginning that when you were going through your training and you went through the certified kingdom. So did you, let me ask you this, because this is an important thing that I ask all the women that come on the podcast. Did you, you must have felt some call, like God was calling you specifically to a direction. 
So will you, I know we're already, we're already at a half an hour in here, but would you kind of speak into that? Because uh, again, this is something that I think people really need to hear how other people um, either answered the call or heard the call because they're hearing, if you're listening to this, I know you're hearing a call and you're either ignoring it or maybe you're following it, or maybe you're afraid to follow it, but I love for you to hear how other people have kind of worked through that process. Absolutely. So the calling kind of started with my study group. I'm in a group with you know, four other Christian men that do exactly what I do. And one of them had gone through this kingdom advisors material and he started talking about what he's learning and it's been convicted, how it's kind of changed so much for him personally and professionally. And that kind of started my journey on that path and kind of stoked a fire and some time passed. And I eventually pulled the trigger on going down that route. Uh, Another narrative in that was it is I've found it personally, and I'm not, I'm not saying that this has to be for everyone. I found it really difficult to separate conversations dealing with faith and finances uh, because they overlap so much. And some people can compartmentalize that. We need advisors, Christian advisors that can do both, uh, that can uh, work with non-believers because you know it's a great um, it's a great kind of ministry to be able to. Um, evangelize through that as well, through your experience and what you know and believe to be true. So for me, I just found it so hard to separate the financial advice and the values from our faith. And that was a really convicting point for me. And that's kind of when I doubled down and said, I really want to serve Christians. I want to get this certification and this formal training. And I I, I just want to be all in in this area. Mm, I love it. I love that. And I love that you couldn't separate it. It's literally how I have felt about business. Like it became a, for me, and I'm, I wonder if this is how you felt. It literally became inauthentic for me to not combine them. You know, here I'm teaching all these things and talk about all these things and trying so hard to keep it like neutral and secular. And I was like, I'm, I'm actually not being me anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. I had a, I had a call with a client one time and it pretty much got to the point he he referenced some scripture about like we shouldn't be suppressing the truth we shouldn't be suppressing mm. the spirit and so if you're in that that aspect you may not be your business or your profession or your career may not be in a spot where you proclaim to every person you come across the gospel but when that when that opportunity presents itself uh we need to be obedient and those opportunities sometimes don't come along very often and especially the the person that's on the other end who knows what they come across or don't come across and, you know, it could be few and far between. So I agree. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a lot easier for some of us to just open that, that, that floodgate and just be super transparent, super overt about what we're doing. And it, obviously it's a little easier if you run your own business and your um, business allows you to, to speak pretty openly. Well, I, it, for those of you that are listening, it looks a million different ways. It doesn't have to look a specific way. Of course, Donovan and I, we run our own business. We can talk about and do whatever we want, but it, but it doesn't have to look a specific way. It could be that behind the scenes, you pray for your clients, or it could be one little thing. Like you speak a little tiny Christianese in your vernacular that, that makes them that, that spark. So we're just the, the messenger. We're not the message. And so if you're obedient to whatever God's trying, the message God's trying to speak through you in whatever way, however that looks in your profession, in your job, in your, in your world, then that's all that matters. doesn't matter that it looks like the way I'm doing it or Donovan or anybody else. It matters that you're being obedient to what Christ is calling you to and, uh, you know, and walking that out and he'll open the, the floodgates in a variety of different areas. And you may never even know, here's the kind of bummer part. 
you may never even know that something that you said, something that seemed so just innocuous and like meaningless to you, you said one thing to somebody one time and the Holy Spirit just took that seed, planted it deep, watered it, and it shifted their whole world. So, you know, it's so important to be obedient and authentic. Yes, I I agree. And oftentimes we are, we sow the seed and we won't be around for the harvest or when it, you know, is reaped. So be mindful of that just in everything we do, just have that, that mindset of just trying to plant as many seeds as you can. Um, and oftentimes we're more so in a position just to love people where they're at, just approach them with love, have a lot of grace and mercy. And oftentimes how we carry ourselves, how we, how we live our, our lives is going to be very different from the world. So oftentimes that's the opportunity There's something different about Michelle. There's something different about Donovan. Um, maybe it, turns into a conversation. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it's just a memory and enough, you know, a person has enough memories or connections and they connect the dots. Like, so just love people, uh, meet them where they're at and love them. Well, I love it. That's so awesome. So if people are listening, how can they connect with you? Yes, you can go to my website, donovanbrooks.com. And from there, if you want to check into my podcast, it, it is in there. And if you want to check out my financial advising business, uh, there are some direct links that you can learn more about me. So that's where I would say is to start with donovanbrooks.com. Okay. Are you on social media at all? I am on social media. So uh, my handles for probably the best way to, to find me on social media is Facebook and Instagram. And my handles are the same. It is underscore Donovan Brooks. Awesome. Well, if you're listening, all that information will be in the show notes. If you're watching, then all that information will be right below the video in the, uh, in the details of this particular episode. And I just, I, I thank you for, first of all, just being the first guy on the girl power lines podcast. I feel and so be- special. <laughs> Being bold in who you are, what you do, being bold in, you know, answering the call that God put on your life and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. It's so important now. The world needs you and what you're doing more than ever. So like double down, whatever that means for you, double down. Thank you so much. I received that. And thank you so much for the encouragement. I love what you're doing. And uh, I hope that a lot of people got some value with this. Oh, they for sure did. For sure. Thank you so much. I had so much fun recording that podcast with Donovan. What a, just an inspiring guy who took a step. Let let me just, if you're listening to this, if you listen to this podcast, let Donovan be a huge example to you. I mean, not like it's, you know, this massive deal or anything, but it really shows that when you just take a step, when you just take a bold step, like God will show up. And he did it. He took a bold step to reach out to this, like, all-girls network. (laughs) And now he's the first guy on our podcast. So truly, truly one of my passionate uh, topics to talk about is finances, kingdom finances, how we are to not only steward our, our resources, our wealth, but to increase it. I love talking about it. And we know, we hear this all the time on the podcast from other women. We talk about it a lot, that it, how powerful it is when you, as a biblical woman, as a kingdom driven woman, begin to be guilt, begin to build wealth, the incredible impact that you have on the world. Like you are changing the world. So we want to help you steward those resources, increase those resources and use them wisely so that 
God can give you even more on top of that. So thank you again to Donovan. And if you have not yet uh, like plugged into what we're doing at Girl Power Alliance, you can join our Facebook group. It's private. It's The name of it is GPA Inner Circle. Um, that stands for Girl Power Alliance. You can also be part of our membership, which, by the way, the trial is only $1.99. So you can like try it on for 30 days for literally $2 less than and see what we're all about. Really just gain so much value from these amazing women who are just sharing absolute life-changing truths with you. Grow your, uh, grow your intelligence, your skills, uh, so marketing, so many different great topics that we have inside the membership. Try it on for $1.99. Of course, we have our Power Hour, which is coming up here, where you can network with other Christian women, really share who it is, what you are, who's your perfect client, and uh, let other people hear you, and you can find uh, other people that you're interested in working with as well. Because we are big-time collaborators here at Girl Power Alliance. We believe that there is no such thing as competition. There is only collaboration in the kingdom. And when we collaborate, we create what I like to call supernatural synergy. So head over to girlpoweralliance.com, sign up, register for Power Hour, uh, become one of our members, check out Radiant Leadership Academy. (laughs) What else? What else can I pitch (laughs) you? We're just happy to have you. If you have not already subscribed to the podcast, please do feel free to rate and review it, share it with somebody else and have an amazing, amazing weekend. And remember, Girl Power Alliance, it's where women grow.